From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with the angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of God, for we are the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, gather all of my insufficiencies and place them in your hands, that you alone may be seen and glorified. Amen. The classic question from the kids in the back seat on a road trip is, are we there yet? <laughs> the question kind of points to the exasperation of a long trip. When I was a youth minister and spent a significant amount of time driving church vans, um, the young people would yell from the back seat, are we there yet? Or how much longer? My reply was always the same, and I would say, 20 minutes. <laughs> Whether we had three minutes or five hours, 20 minutes was the answer. I'm not sure how much they appreciated that. When we head out on a journey, um, there's excitement, right? There's excitement and purpose and goals. But the longer it takes to arrive there, the wearier we become. <laughs> the more time we spend strapped into those seats, the more our backs ache, and the scenery begins to just look the same. Most road trips have a clear destination, if not several in mind. The goal, the end point, helps direct the course of the trip. You know, as a church, we've been on a very long journey, a 245-year journey this November. At times, we've completed goals ahead of us and developed new ones. Some of us may feel a little bit weary from this journey, while others have just arrived and feel a budding excitement. During our sermon series, we'll be looking at the stories of Moses' journey with God and the Israelites' movement from slavery to freedom getting organized as a community, receiving God's instructions, and going on to the promised land. And I think these stories kind of act as a metaphor for our journey as a church. The question that I'm inviting you to consider is how do we become the church that God is calling us to be? 
How do we develop and grow and move into a new place as a community of faith? As we set goals and pursue them, as we help one another develop new skills, and as we adapt to a changing environment, we look to the stories of our faith to provide direction for our journey together. When God chooses Moses to lead the people out of bondage in Egypt, God is doing a new thing in his life. God is asking Moses to take the people on this trip, to go to a new place. As Steve Wines explains, the Hebrew language describes a people in action, moving from here to there. The people of God are on the move out of the Garden of Eden, out of Haran, out of Canaan, and into Egypt. In Egypt, the people are stuck in one place, in bondage, in slavery, for hundreds of years. They spend their time making bricks for buildings and monuments to the Egyptian gods. Although they don't even believe in that work that they're doing, they are trapped in their predicament, pleading to God for help. Our passage today recalls that moment when Moses is invited by God to take up an important and life-changing task. Moses has been gone for a long time. He has a life apart from his people, and yet God chooses him to lead. Moses grew up in the palace. Moses has a heart for the oppressed, and Moses has a will to trust God. Even amidst many excuses and displays of fear, God assures Moses that he is the one who is up to the task, particularly because God will be with him. As the people prepare to leave, they embark on a journey that they've never taken before. There is little memory of what life was like before that time of slavery, little understanding of what life might be like without their taskmasters. Their desire of the heart is to be free, but their circumstances seem insurmountable. You know, as a church and, and as a people, we are at a time where God is trying to do something new with us. It is ground that we have not undertaken, places we haven't explored, and fresh expressions we have yet to embrace. Now, we are not enslaved bricklayers, but that doesn't mean that sometimes we aren't trapped by our circumstances. We're a downtown church, right? We live in an economically depressed Portsmouth. Most of us are an aging group, and I guess all of us are aging every day. There are many things that would have us believe that our circumstances are insurmountable. In almost all of my discussions with members here at our church in the past year, I have shared and grieved over significant losses among us. But knowing our situation and our context can easily become a reason that prevents us from action. Even without the circumstances of our time and place, we can oppose God's call on our lives by calling on that classic phrase, and I know you know what it is, we've never done it that way before. We can hold ourselves back from action or movement by giving God all kinds of excuses that we aren't the ones, that we aren't capable or equipped, and that we don't have enough for the tasks ahead. 
I'm reminded that Moses was not a spring chicken when God called him. And God called him to fulfill an important work to free the Israelites. Moses didn't even call upon that reason, right? Even though he easily could have. Moses claims he's not a good speaker, but God provides Aaron who will help him to speak. But God doesn't let Moses off the hook for leading the people. When I look at this sanctuary of people, I am so encouraged. God has chosen us, given us this moment to follow, enact, and move. God has called us to take up this special calling that we might find a new form of freedom. How can we experience a new call in the middle of this place? And maybe you're still sitting there asking, are we there yet? <laughs> I believe God is calling us to turn over a new leaf. And I believe God is asking us to stand up and to get moving for God. As we go on this journey together, I think it's important to remember a few things. First is that our journey is just that. It is a journey. You know, we won't wake up tomorrow and find that all our problems and concerns have been solved. And I hate to break it to you, but we won't come into this sanctuary next week and there will suddenly be 400 people. We'll have to take it step by step to get there. We must create smaller goals that add up, add up to larger ones. The more intentional we are about the steps we take, the easier it will be to see the vision come to fruition. Second, we have to put the right things in the suitcase. Okay? We got to put the right things in the suitcase. We need to pack the right things. You know, it's easier to go on a long trip if you pack lightly. <laughs> if you've watched international travelers, they tend to pack very lightly. You know, they might take just a little small suitcase and they dress in all black because you can't see stains, right? And, and they take these clothes that you can wash out easily and a jacket that's good for rain and cold. Got all these plans. Those who travel a lot know that you have to pack enough to be prepared, but you'll be miserable if you have to carry the load for too far. And you don't want to overpack. Can I get an amen from the overpackers? <laughs> And so we have to be mindful, you know, what are, what are the things that we need to pack with us for this journey? What are the things that we need to leave behind so that we can take this journey? Finally, our journey requires us to take off our shoes. Now, normally you'd find me packing at least three or four pairs for any kind of trip, but you know, our trip is different, right? This is a holy road trip. The words from God to Moses always ring true to me. Take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. God asks us to be a part of a special holy journey, not just a trip to anywhere. Our journey as a church requires prayer and discernment and compassion to others. The goals that we want to reach will never satisfy if they aren't the ones that God wants us to pursue. The way we reach those goals requires us to be attuned to God's direction and not our own. You know, and this can be difficult for us because we so often believe that the voice inside our own heads is automatically God's voice. <laughs> I think taking off our shoes is 
Also a symbol that we have to be vulnerable. We have to take a risk. Taking off our shoes is kind of risky sometimes. We don't want people to see our feet, right? (laughs) We're not sure about that. So it can kind of symbolically remind us to take a risk. The journey that God has us go is inherently a difficult one. You know, we read that passage from Matthew 16. If you want to become my followers, you have to take up your cross and follow me. Those who want to save their lives will lose it. But those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. Those puzzling words remind us that while the journey may be difficult and arduous, we ultimately find our lives and ourselves by following God and the sacrifice is worth it. Today we're, we're kind of calling this a back to church Sunday to getting gear for this year of ministry to energize us for the road ahead. And we set our sights on the things in the future. So what is ahead of us as a church? What are we going to be doing? You know, one of the ways that we're going to be living out God's opportunities for us is to increase our partnerships in the community. As we strengthen our relationships in the community, we hope to engage more people in mission and in ministry through Monumental. We are engaged in that right now as we've sort of started our flood bucket project and we're looking for donors and businesses and groups to help support these efforts to donate or to volunteer to put those flood buckets together on the 23rd. Some of you have already been sharing this with those that you know and maybe some of your partners in ministry and we'll be talking more about that during our announcements. Another way that we're going to live out God's new call on us is to see every worship service, every event, every concert, and every person that walks into our building as an opportunity for hospitality and invitation. We're going to think ahead, and we're going to see our space with new eyes and ears so that all who come through our doors feel welcome and a part of our community. We're also going to pay attention to innovation. We're going to welcome new ideas and we're going to try things out. We're going to try them out with effort and enthusiasm and not half-heartedness. You know, it's easy to say no or to shy away from new things, but as we learn from Moses, God is with us. We don't have to be afraid of what we do not know or totally understand yet. We are asked to go on that journey with God, just as those Israelites were led to a land flowing with milk and honey. Maybe we aren't quite there yet, but we are going places. We're not discouraged by the obstacles or the potholes ahead. We are not dismayed when things don't go exactly as planned, because each day we are working step by step towards the calling of a God who believes in us, a God who has given you and I incredible gifts to share, a God who is asking all of us to get on board for the journey ahead. Amen.